You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organizations. Now, over to your host, Renee Jerusso. Hi, this is Renee and I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my interview with Jane Anderson, strategic communication expert. The interview went for over an hour. Because of this, we've decided that we'll share the first half of the interview in this episode and the second half of the conversation will go live in the next few weeks. I hope you find this interview as valuable as I did. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Limitless Leaders Podcast. My name's Renee Jerusso, and I'd like to welcome back our regular listeners and those of you listening for the first time. We've had a flood of feedback and topics and guests that you'd like on the show, so a big thank you to those out there. And if you've got any other ideas and things you'd like us to explore, just contact us at podcast at renegerusso.com. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to our guest on the show. And before I do, I just want to have a quick chat about, you know, there's been a hive of activity of late, especially, and rightly so, around content creation and having a social media presence, whether you're a leader, a business owner, a solopreneur, it's imperative that you get your name, what you know about and share your thoughts with the world. And today I've got a very special guest on the show, Jane Anderson. She's a strategic communication expert with over 20 years experience in personal branding and content creation. She's worked with over 50,000 people on having more impact and influence in business, in communication and in their careers. Jane has actually been a pivotal part of my journey and has been one of my mentors over the years. So I feel really blessed to be able to have Jane on the show for her to share her insights and the value that she's added, you know, in, in my journey. Some of her other clients include Virgin Australia, Lego, Ikea and Rio Tinto. And she's the host of the iTunes podcast, The Jane Anderson Show, where she's interviewed world-leading experts. And recently, Seth Godwin has been featured in The Business Insider, Sydney Morning Herald, The Age, Courier Mail and Sky Business News. Jane also has a fantastic blog that's been voted in the top 10 branding blogs in Australia and in the top 30 branding gurus globally. She's won numerous awards and has been nominated for the Telstra Business Women's Award. She's the author of six amazing books with her latest book, Trusted, The Level Above Influence. So I'd love to welcome Jane to the show. Thanks for having me. Super excited and very cool that we get to hang out again. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, I've been really looking forward to this, so thank you for your time. My pleasure. You know, I'd love, and I'm sure our viewers would love to hear about your journey to success. And, and speaking of journeys, do you, are you happy to share a little bit about how you've got to where you are today? Yeah, so... Uh, So I spent 20 years in corporate world and I actually came from, if you go right back to, for those who are listening, you can probably remember right back to your very first Mm part-time job while you're at school. So um, so I was really fortunate to work for a family called the Mathers family in in Queensland and I lived in northern New South Wales. I grew up there. So Sir Robert Mathers was the owner of the, the Mathers chain of shoe stores. Ah, yes. So I started working for them when I was 14 years old and this was my first 
you know, experience of not only a, a job but working for a personal brand. Mm. And, you know, these were third-generation retailers and I learned, and this was long before social media or anything yeah. like that existed, yeah. but it was really about reputation community involvement it was always amazed me their values through the business and so I learned from a really young age I, this man was knighted for his his work but I worked for that family for 12 years and so I did a marketing degree but worked with them and then mm. uh, then I went on to work with Queensland State Government I was a HR advisor in Queensland Transport then went on to work for Super Retail Group so Super Cheap Auto, BCF, ah, yes, Gold yes, Cross Cycles, yep. Raise Outdoors so I was the training manager, no L and D manager there for around ten thousand staff. Mm. So got used to rolling out, you know, really large programs. So I worked with personal brands and then went on to, you know, coach and help people to be able to achieve their potential as a leader and help organisations in their succession planning yep. uh, to ensure that they've got people retained ready for the future of their businesses. But I always knew I wanted to go out on my own at some point. Mm. So I was super lucky to have fantastic bosses and learnt so much. When I went out on my own, I came out right off, off the back of GSC, divorce. Wow. <laughs> I was like, uh, naivety is a wonderful thing sometimes. Yeah, at, so, at the time. <laughs> at the time. But, you know, I wasn't allowed to have my own business while I was married. So it was something I was really keen to, to do because I knew I wanted to do it from a really young age. Um, and then just started coaching i worked in personal branding and helping people with um from a career management perspective yep. helping people sell themselves writing linkedin profiles resumes mm. interview coaching all that sort of stuff and people just <clears throat> essentially helping people to communicate their value really yeah. yeah and from there just started coaching people went on to work with organizations and here we are today today <laughs> and, it, and it's so true you know people's value is is the product they are people I've always said it people are products yes um, and many of us don't many people don't know how to communicate their value yeah someone once said to me I remember really early in my career they said to me you got to see yourself as a business. Like yeah. you have an asset base of skills that you can sell in exchange for money. Mm. It's called a job. Yeah. So, <laughs> but in our case, it's working with clients. I was like, that's so true. I hadn't really thought about it like that. Mm. And so it was helping, you know, now helping people to be able to say, well, it's time to take control of your career. It's not just rock up and give me a job and you own me. It's you got to see your employer like a client. That's right. So I'm offering a service here mm. and this is what I'm prepared to do and this is these are my skills and just trying to help people to be more empowered in their yeah. roles rather than sit back, complain that, you know, woe is me or, you know, I don't get opportunities mm. or whatever it might be. Is go, well, step up. Yeah. Know, step into, and we talk a bit about stepping into your power. Power. Is don't yep. sit back and wait. Be proactive. Get out there and take control of your personal brand because otherwise it'll just take control of you. you. And it's so true because to be in service to others, you have to be in service to yourself and you need to yep. know yourself you know you really do and know what you want mm. um, because if you just sit back you're just going to get what you're given yeah and it's a reframe too jane you know a job you know yeah. a job or a career i always say you yes. know the job you turn up to there's probably not a lot of ownership and accountability a career you're invested in that you know that's right heart and soul yes so this sort of leads on to what I wanted to have a chat with you about today. All your books are amazing and I'm really excited to delve into, and I can't believe you've already started writing your next book, number seven, yes. Catalyst Content. 
what sparked you to write, start writing this and what's it all about? Yeah, so two things, because I came off the back of writing Expert to Influencer, which was helping people to identify their, their marketing gaps. So, you know, when you build a brand, then we go, we've got to work out the communication yeah. strategy. So that's a strategy book to work out, well, where do I start to sort of make all this happen? What's the plan? When I wrote that, then there were some people that were really great at writing content because mm. the content is what makes all that move. And then there were others that were going, I don't know, I don't think my ideas are good enough. I don't know what to say. I haven't got enough time. Or the other thing that was happening is that they were outsourcing content. Mm. So they were going, I'll just get someone, uh, you know, I'll get someone in India or the Philippines or wherever. But they just started creating noise what piece of content has just gone up that's not even you like and and, and, you can, and you can always tell i think there's attention seeking content yes. and there's connection seeking content yes big difference that's very true mm. yeah and and so there were two things that were kind of happening one is that because i do a lot of work with experts and organizations to help them work out what's the content strategy that needs to go out but then another interesting thing was starting to happen and that was that for leaders within organisations who need to drive change, they've got intranet platforms. Yes. And so they've yeah. got Yammer, they've got um, Workplace, they've mm. got Teams. So the question was starting to be asked me, okay, well, if I've got to create content, we've got to help our leaders work out because our leaders are going, I don't want to put myself on a video. No, I don't, that's I don't, right. You know, this is even scarier because my tribe and community is even tighter mm. um, and the impact is higher so I was like you know what this challenge around creating content and the other thing I was finding because I do a lot of work with internal and external comms managers within organizations so what was happening is the internal comms managers would say to me we've got great leaders the challenge is they're scared there's a lack of confidence and mm. but also you know, as I said to them yeah, but your leaders are not experts in creating content. No. That's you as you come mm. from a background as a journalist or mm. so they would get quite frustrated that they'd say, Well, I've got to I feel like I've got to create stuff for them on a silver platter mm. all the time. Mm. So it was a frustration for them, but it was the leaders and they would say, How can I get them to do yeah. more content? And then the other thing was was obviously the experts who are out there or other businesses mm. trying to work out how to create content. So and the thing was was not just about teaching them to create content it was about catalyst content yeah. so content yeah. that actually will lead to change not cat videos as, as seth godin would say the world does not need more cat, no. cat videos love cats but <laughs> <laughs> cat might be on brand for you if you're a cat breeder or something like that but it was about i don't have time to create heaps of content so what is the content that i need mm. to create that will actually help drive change I love that and cut through and there's such a need for this. Like yeah. as you're talking about it, I'm actually thinking of a lot of clients I work in that need this. Mm. It's a bit like I just thought then, it's a bit like, you know, some of these star footy players that get on the footy show. Yeah. And, you know, you hear people go, oh, God, he doesn't present very well or he didn't know what to say, but they're footy yeah. players. And I'm <laughs> just saying people expect everyone to be good at everything. Exactly. And it shouldn't be taken for granted, I guess, this, this whole content piece. I wanted to ask you, like, you know, the content marketing industry has grown from $165 billion to $300 billion in only three years. I know, right? That's extraordinary. What do you think has driven that, that yeah. increase? So there's a few things. You've got supply and demand. 
So the demand that's happened is that the average person has gone from watching two hours per day of television over to two hours per day on their phone. Mm. Now, so they're on their phone looking at social media, but it's not two hours. Like, because people go, how do people have two hours a day to sit on social media? It's broken up. It's broken up. It's while the kids are at soccer. It's Mm. while we're in the checkout at at the supermarket. It's all broken up. And it's where my friends hang out. So it's where Mm. I'm staying connected to my community. Because in the past, we used to do that face-to-face, but now we do that through a phone. And then you've got, like, that say, millennials. The average person checks their phone 125 times a day. Millennials are 250. Wow. So the drive for content is how do we keep people connected and so we've got to create content. And engaged. That's right. Then the other thing is is with people realising, well, if people are on their phones that much, then we can't bore them. Like they're not going to be engaged if they're seeing the same Mm. thing every time they go on their phone. So we've got to create content. So in December 2017, there was a really interesting piece of data that that came out with social media stats, particularly for Australia. And that was it was uh, in Australia we are massive consumers of content. So we were Mm. consuming more content than ever. Yeah. But we were creating less Yes. So, okay. Australian, we're a pretty lazy bunch, really. Mm. <laughs> so relying on other people. Yeah. Or we go, oh, I'll yeah. toss that to, to wherever. Because yeah. our challenge with tall poppy, we don't want to be yep. too noisy. We don't want to do all that. So Australia compared to the rest of the world is we're not keeping up with the volume of content that people are consuming. They mm. want more. There's people out there who are doing like plenty of content, which is good, but on average, we're actually creating less than the market needs at the moment. Wow. So the other thing that is going on with content creation, this is why it sort of comes back to Catalyst content, the jump in revenue from $165 billion to $300 billion is the volume of people are spending that on, we don't have time to write this anymore, so mm. we need to pay writers to get this content out because we're shifting from... 10 pieces of content to get someone to do something. It was five, five years ago. Now it's 10 and we expect in the next five years it's going to be 20 pieces of content for someone to shift someone's behaviour. So they need to see something 20 times to almost be convinced to make a decision whether it's buying, sharing, whatever it is. Whatever it is, if you want someone to move from A to B, Mm. if you want someone to do something, you need enough touch points to build that trust to get Mm. them to do it. And so because you've got all this noise, that means we have to create more More. to get over the top of that noise and get cut through. Yeah, wow. It amazes me because the whole word trust, and I know you've done some amazing work on this, working with so many leaders and teams and, you know, we talk about we do a little bit on branding but not not to the depth obviously you do. They have little or no social media presence. Some of them say to me, Renee, I'm not looking for a job if I get on LinkedIn. Yes. I, I was actually running something, Jane, two weeks ago. There were 23 people in this masterclass. Right. We linked them in after. One of them was on LinkedIn. Really? And wow, that's unusual. Yeah, it's not though. I'm seeing more, really? and more and more certain like industries. Right. And, you know, I asked a few of them, you know, they're like, you know, fear of the reaction, I don't have time, mm. um, the perception I'm looking for a job if I'm on a social media platform. Mm. What would you say to those listeners out there that are great at their jobs yep. or great in their businesses that aren't really putting any content out? Where do they yeah. start? Yeah, good question. So uh, in the book I talk about, as I just started to unpack all this, 
So I reckon there's three mm, things. You have to imagine a Venn diagram. You've got three things. The first thing is ideation. Like how do you actually come up with ideas? And the thing is that we have great ideas all the time. They're falling out of our mouth. We're solving mm. problems all the time. So we've just got to get present to what the ideas are that we're actually saying. Mm. The second thing we've got to do is then once you know and you're present to the ideas and you're capturing the ideas is the second part is creation. So you've got ideation and then creation. And creation is, okay, so am I going to create a podcast? Am I going to create a written blog? Am I going to do a video? So um, what are the stories Mm. I'm going to tell to get that idea to have influence and become a catalyst piece of content? Yeah. And then the third part is distribution. So if you can get ideation right, you get the creation right, and then the distribution. I find for most people, if they're not creating content, it's generally one of those things that's going wrong. They've got great ideas and I've done some videos and I've done this, Mm. but they actually haven't been able to get the support to get the distribution out. So we might have to go, okay, we've got to get you a VA or a virtual assistant. We've got to get someone to start helping you. Yeah. Or it's sometimes it's just they don't know how to use the technology. Or they don't know what's there or with how distribution. Much to do, distribute it. That's getting it out there. It, it, that, does that also go into what platform? Exactly. You know, is it Insta? Is yes. it is it WhatsApp? Is it LinkedIn? And is it video? Is it a podcast? Because you know, like you, I we do a lot, and mm. it's a lot of work. It is a lot it's of work. It's a lot of work, but I know the benefit of it. Yes, and to be in service to our clients, we yeah. do it. But yeah, with the distribution side, would you say that's the biggest part of those? So you got ideation, creation, and distribution—the three areas. Yes. Which would you say distribution's the biggest challenge? It's really about, yeah, some people, it can be a bit of a spray and pray type method. You know, we go through a lot of people's content Mm. and, you know, I was on one lady's content yesterday and I had, we do a certification for for business managers and uh, for people who are helping experts and we were looking at this lady and one of the, one of those in the group said, is she trying to be a celebrity because she's got content freaking everywhere because I knew this person and I said yes that is exactly what she's trying to do Mm. but what we've got to do the question we've got to ask is is that actually the goal I talk about in the book around tribe building and if you're building a business or a practice is if you can build the ecosystem of getting that content to help you build that community of people once you've kind of got enough you can actually stop so because the question I get asked like, is, do, am I going to have to do this forever? forever yeah. And you don't necessarily have to. It depends on what your goal is and what yeah. your growth is. But yep. for some people, they just need to do LinkedIn content. We don't need yep. to worry about anything yep. else or it's just Instagram or, yep. or it's just Facebook. So, no, you don't have to have it everywhere. No. It's just more about being really targeted. and Being what intentional. Will, intentional, targeted, and what will actually get you a result. Yeah, I love that. And I love those three areas. It makes makes total sense. I think it keeps it simple. That's What's it. your ideas? How are you going to create it? What platform, etc.? And then how are you going to distribute it? Yeah, that's um, it. And productivity is a big part of that too. Like yeah. How do you get the productivity out of capturing the ideas? What's yeah. the productivity that sits behind creating? Yeah. And what's the productivity that sits behind the distribution? If you're going to create one piece of content, like we have some tools that we go, you know, you can get that out to about 40 different platforms if you really want to. Um, yeah. The distribution channels and do I need to do it myself? Do I get support? Mm. Those types of questions. Definitely. Thanks for that because that's that's made that even clearer for, for me and I'm sure our listeners listeners out there. 
there's a lot of ways to approach content. And I guess the question I've got for you is, you know, there's two areas. You produce the content and or you engage in it. Yes. Do you think both are important? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, um, and even Gary Vee talks about it, you know, for those who follow Gary Vaynerchuk. And if you if you haven't and you, now you do, welcome mm. to the world of Gary Vaynerchuk. So, <laughs> uh, but he talks about, I really like it, he talks about this $1.80 principle, which in other words, so yes, you, you've got to be putting content out there because otherwise you can't sell a secret. Like yeah. you've got to actually yeah. be showing up and playing yeah. in the arena if you're Brene Brown. Mm. Um, but Gary talks about the $1.80 rule. And so in other words, if you imagine, you know, you're on a post and you put your two cents worth. So two cents worth of a like, a comment, you know, yep. whatever it might be. So he says that you want to do about 90 of those a day and that adds up to a wow. dollar eighty. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he says you, sh- you ideally, yes, content putting out is one thing, mm. but it's called social for a reason. You have to actually engage. Yeah, so if you're or it's one break, way. It's it, like one-way communication if you're not. Exactly. You know, you're kind of like trying to break the internet. And mm. so... Uh, so I just encourage people because the question is, is how much do I need to engage? Yeah. And yeah. I think Gary's principle around the dollar eighty is pretty is pretty. I like on. it. I like it. And some of those people out there listening will be going ninety. Wow. But it doesn't. It can be a like. It can be a short comment. It doesn't have to be sitting on LinkedIn or whatever for a period of time typing something in. I yeah, guess. and you know Gary's also in the US, so mm. you know there's you might as well sort of multiply that by three. So yeah. even if you said I'm doing my sixty cents worth a day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. off to a great start. Yeah, definitely. Are there just just for our listeners if they're sitting there now going, "Yep, yeah, I really need to step up and get something out there," and I know we'll talk a bit more about this. What platform, I suppose, in the corporate world or as a business owner, if they had to choose one, Mm. what platform would you suggest as a starter? So when you say corporate world, as if they're selling B2B or business to business Um, or if they're a leader? A lot of leaders are on our are our listeners so they work senior leaders in in corporate businesses yeah okay so i share um a model in a blog that i talk about uh i wrote a book connect which is around linkedin strategy for particularly for organizations we do a lot of that so if you're within an organization uh, I reckon there are five levels to think about with your social strategy for you as a leader the identity as a leader not as you as outside of work for yeah. you as an identity as a leader the first one is I, and it's driven from the top so if you say from the top the CEO at the top is they have a responsibility to uh, you, know, you really want to be attracting talent you're the face for the customer mm. you know we know that on average the research tells us that 75% of customers will make a decision about a brand based on their perception of the CEO it's amazing that isn't it wow all right and then you've got uh 75% of job seekers will go and look up mm. their potential boss or the CEO before they apply for jobs mm. so we've been doing a lot of work with linkedin profiles for leaders because they haven't been able to attract good talent pools via the standard way of advertising wow so yeah. we've had to help them to really tap into their their networks as leaders to go back to their old like work mm. colleagues um, so because it would go the old ways because they're saying the old ways aren't working anymore. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a CEO, you've got a, 
you've got the most leveraged profile out of all of them and I find for most CEOs they go I don't want I don't want to be visible I don't want salespeople harassing me I don't want recruiters harassing me mm. but I go well your profile's not written properly if that's what's going, going on going on that's right you're getting what you attract so, <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah so CEOs one if you've got an executive team is thinking about are we on tender documents yeah. um, because the bank is yeah. usually validating yeah. them or uh, if you're going for loans it's the banks <clears throat> and clients if you put tender doc you've got tender documents mm. going in the third one is leaders uh so if you have got jobs advertised we worked with one client who had such great success with their leaders is that they implemented a new process that every time a job is advertised they must have their profile done by us so it's just part of the process now like if they've mm. got a new new job available first checkpoint is is your profile professional yeah. enough to attract the talent yeah yeah um and then the last one is is if you're a, if you're in the sales team for example or yep. you're customer facing or you're b2b then your profile you need to be reflecting what is the customer looking for keywords that kind yeah, of stuff yeah definitely and i and i think that helps i think from the conversations i know i've had when i say to people you know has a client said you're amazing and they're like oh yeah and i'm like where is that oh it's on an email we'll ask them to write you a recommendation oh but it feels a bit indulgent and i say to them well if this was your business would you not have that on your linkedin and they go of course i would yes so why aren't you yeah so looking at your part of a bigger brand representing that brand and the companies that are getting on board with this i've really noticed and some are really aren't which is and it's a yeah. major competitive advantage. And just on that, like I often say to them, well, how about you go to that client and recommend them? Mm. You know, because we know that about 50% of the recommendations come as a result of you recommending them. So I say be generous. Yeah. If they've yeah. been a great client to work with, don't wait for them to write it for you. Mm. Write one for them. It helps them yeah. in their career and their business. So I try to encourage them to Focus on what you can do to help someone else yeah. because you're more than likely to get them wanting that's, to help you too. That's that's right. And, and even on recommendations, I think it's important, um, I'm sure you'd agree, that if someone does ask you, if take the time if you, if you rate this person. Yeah. I remember years ago, Jane, we ran yeah. this amazing program and I got a few recommendations and then I asked the GM to write one and he said, Oh, you know, you know, it was great, Renee. Just write something and I'll sign it off. And I sort of thought, oh, that ethically didn't sit with me. Yes. You can't take that five minutes. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. If you give value, you get value. That's that's sort of how life and often works. And no, no one's writing anything for them. No. Usually, like there's always been, they're always being asked for stuff. So yeah. I go, what can I do to help this person? So I write them for all my clients as, as well. Because yeah. I know yeah, there's skills that we're seeing that they've got. Yeah, like, you know, I love that. they've been great to work with, those kinds of things too. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Talking about content creation, mm. who are your favourites and why? What makes them stand out? <laughs> I think you might have a few, but I think I know who you're going to say. You know I'm going to say. <laughs> um, so, of course, a massive professional crush on uh, Seth Godin. So, and, you know, really, if you watch what he does, he started his blog years ago. So it was back in 2003 was when he started. Which is quite, when you think about it, that's, yeah, before its time almost. Way before its time. That was before Facebook. Like I was on Facebook in 2008. That it was, was like five years before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you look, you know, he has just been so consistent, just mm. showing up every single day so you know just consistency brevity yeah oh um, yes know, for 
uh, you know, I always think of the Mark Twain quote, I would have written a shorter letter if I had more time. You know, so <laughs> you know, how, yeah. how brief he is and insightful. Like the beauty of his writing and the metaphors and you just, you know, oh, wow, like just genius. And it's how oh, I follow him and his, his blogs. Seriously, if you haven't listened, uh, haven't read them, they're sometimes 10 sentences, if that, but there's a really powerful message every time. Yeah. yeah. Always get a chuckle like, wow, how did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but what? It, but this is the problem, right, because a lot of people go, oh, I could do that. I go, well, you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, show us then. But it's not to sit down and write is that, you know, you write all that out and then you got to cut it back. He wrote, you know, before he started writing his blog, he wrote a 100 books. Mm. So he used to be, mm. a, he was a writer for people as a publisher and was yeah. publishing their books but writing them for them. So, I mean, he's a naturally gifted writer. So I said to people, you know, of course, you know, my first love is always Seth. And then I think there are other great people out there that just show up. And, mm. um, and, and well, even Seth says, you know, if you can write a blog every single day. So that's my yeah. goal to get to yeah. that yeah but he's right and not many pre- people are prepared to do it because they're scared of being annoying scared of being noisy mm. what if I'm, what if it's irritating but you know he's showed up with courage and just stuck yeah, I with love it that. um so there's people like you know obviously like the Brené browns of the yeah. world oprah and even if you look at oprah you know she has gone from when you think about content mm. so and I think a lot of people just think about online content, but Oprah's been the master of content in television. A long time, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, so if you yeah. look at what she's done is so she she closed down the Oprah show because she had the realisation people are not spending time on TV anymore. Mm. They're spending time online. So she signed the biggest deal with mm. Apple of its kind to now be creating content and so she's got Super Soul Sunday. Which is amazing. Which is, yeah. And it's, so it's all digital now. Yeah, So yeah. I think if you said, and what I love about her is more, not just the content she creates but more how commercial she is and how she you know, understands thinking. the yeah. world of content and the shift from TV. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, you can still go on and see her on, on a TV channel but she's signed the biggest deal in history mm. of of content creation yeah and now um so if you go okay if it's good enough for her it's good enough for me <laughs> well yeah and it's it's amazing when you think about it like that she's hasn't just said i want to be better but what's different what does the world need which which is a big mantra i always say don't be better be different yeah always you know what's next yeah don't just stay in the moment looking at competitors comparing just share your message and I think at the end of the day, with people like ourselves mm. being, you know, thought leaders, we sell and share our thoughts. Mm. Do you think it's important we write our own content? Because I do know, and we both know, yeah. globally there's a lot of people that are in this professional service industry that get their content written by someone else. What yeah. do you think of that? Yeah, so I think there's probably two things that come up because you've got this volume of people going, we've got to get more content, more touch mm. points. The temptation for a lot of businesses is to outsource and just yeah. create noise. So for those who are creating their original content, they've got a massive advantage on cut through because mm. what happens, rising tides, float all boats, yeah. they sit up. You know, they become, mm. a, a, I guess, a Seth Godin version if they can yeah. create their own IP and their yeah. expertise. Then you've got people like, and I don't know if you saw the whole, for those who are listening, you might have seen the whole Jay Shetty oh. uh, thing. 
Wow. I was a bit disappointed with that because I used to follow it. Wow. Wow. Right. So for those who are going, what are they talking about? So, you know, I'm the last one to point the finger at someone of what they're doing. Mm. So there was a video put out by Nicole Alba, who is a blogger, a YouTube star, who called Jay Shetty out and essentially said, Jay Shetty is like, he was previously a monk. He's got 25 million followers on Facebook who said, you know, if you look at the content, he's essentially scraped it from all these people, from mm. knowns to unknowns, quotes, things like that. With no oh, attribution. No attribution. I think there's a lot of lessons, and that's why mm. I shared it. I was unsure whether to share it or not because I don't like running people down, but no. I thought there was a good lesson in that. Yeah, yeah. However, you question, you know, then if we say, should people be writing their own content? I think people have great ideas. Like if you look at a CEO, for example, you know, it's sometimes hard for them to sit down. I work with a lot of CEOs. Mm. I help them write books. I'm interviewing them. It's their ideas. Mm. If, so I say to them, by all means, get someone to work with you. Yeah. But yeah. they've got to be asking you the right questions to get the information out of you. Yeah. It needs to be your ideas. They can do the research. You know, that support fine. you, but not come up with the, I suppose, in those three steps, the ideation. Like, they've got to have the idea. Yeah. You know, and it needs to be your idea. Yeah. So, not your writer's yeah. idea. So, you know, I just helped a CEO with his book. Yeah. And it was. Essentially, that is, tell me, how do you be so successful? Like, tell me, walk me through, give me 50 things mm. that that you just know off the top of your head and I'll unpack them and work yeah. with you. And, you know, if I think if you're working with the right interviewer, they know how to do that. And to get that, to extract that, it's almost the essence of the person. And you think... Yeah. There's so many, I, I know, I, you know, follow quite a few people's blogs and if I know, actually personally know them, you can hear their voice. Exactly. And I think when that gets taken out, even in some books, if a book's over-edited, mm. it's like, oh, I don't know if that person wrote that. That's right. I had a um, funny thing the other week, Jane, Some I got a, a blog of someone I followed for a while and they're based in Sydney and whoever's written the blog, I think it might have been in India, they talked about currency in exchange and they put rupee in oh. in the actual blog. Oh, no. And I just went, oh, Oops. and I actually got on to this person and they, they said, oh, yeah, I get everything written. And I said, did you not even read it? Oh, no. So I think it's important to have that integrity and even starting out, less is more, have some quality yes authentic thoughts and messages you're sharing opposed to diluting it and getting someone else to write it. Yeah. And yeah. even if it means you're repurposing it, like you're better yeah. off to be repurposing what you've done in the past than try and quickly outsource and get all. Mm. That's when it all waters down. Your followers, they stop yep. following you because they pick all that up. They're yeah. not silly. Yeah, that's right. And also I think what happens is we start to follow people who we know it's their authentic content. So we start mm. to watch more videos, but there is a lot of scraping of people's thoughts off a lots of social platforms. Oh, there, there is. And I think you can <laughs> refer to things or you can bring things up, but attribution, I think, have a moral compass. You've been listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast, leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams, and organizations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration, and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders Podcast series at www.renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. That's renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. 